Hello and welcome to Rednets, the official podcast of Empire of the Cop. And we've got Stan Collymore back on the show to talk about that phenomenal record-breaking game against Manchester United 5-0. You'll never see anything like that ever again at Old Trafford. Well, hopefully if Ollie stays at the wheel. But right now I'm going to pass it over to Farrell Keeling and Stan Collymore. All right, Stan, welcome again back on Empire of the Cop. And what a game to talk about uh, this afternoon. I mean, where where do we begin with that? What, what I mean, I'm sure you have a number of positives to discuss there. Where we start with this is simple football basics. Over the next 24 hours, there's going to be lots of speculation as to whether Mo Salah is the best in the world. We've had that debate over a number of weeks. I think he is currently. Um, where this ranks in Liverpool's greatest ever teams. Will Ole Gunnar Solskjaer get the sack? But I just want to drag everybody back to a really simple basic, which it doesn't matter whether you play Sunday morning football, amateur football, lower league football, or the top of the football pyramid of what we've seen today at Old Trafford. One of those teams is a finely honed unit that gets the best out of individuals in a collective. And one of those teams has a group of pins throws them at a whiteboard and sees if it works. One is Liverpool, one is Manchester United. And over the years, when Manchester United have had their best teams, they've been the honed unit. And Liverpool have been the not quite functioning properly, where's the direction of the club? But I think that the performance just tops off what Liverpool have done in the start of this season. Um, I joined Empire of the Cop this season to give hopefully some insights at the whys, to answer the whys. I was remembering commentaries that I've done. A commentator is there to tell you what's happening and a co-commentator is there to tell you why it's happening. And over 1,400, 1,500 games that I've commentated on, uh, I'm fully qualified to do that. I did mention earlier on in the season that the form that the strikers were in were going to be very important during the season. And I like to talk about that every single week on Empire of the Cop. Liverpool's front four are now at 28 goals. If you remember, guys, that after game three or game four, lots of your Liverpool fans were saying, oh, it makes no difference, Stan, that, that Yota, Firmino, Mane and Salah have scored in the first three or four games of the season. Um Chelsea have got Lukaku, United have got Ronaldo and Greenwood and, and uh, Martial and Rashford. Uh, City have got Torres and Jesus and have just spent £100 million on Grealish. There's only one fully functioning unit in the Premier League and Champions League and they are the Liverpool front four. They are 20 goals ahead in the Champions League and Premier League ahead of their nearest rivals in the race for the for the Premier League and maybe race for the Champions League as well. Um, the plaudits will be given rightly so to Mo, Mo Salah for another hat-trick. He just keeps on setting boundaries. A quite exceptional player. Um, unusual in the fact of when you get players that are recognised as the best in the world, they usually come with either a real cockiness like Cristiano Ronaldo, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Diego Maradona going back many years. Well, they seem to be the opposite, really sort of quite quiet, like a Lionel Messi. And I think that Mo Salah's sort of somewhere in between. You can see he has uber belief in his ability, but he doesn't like shouting it from the rooftops either. But Liverpool's performance today, from the first minute to the last, was composed 
controlled. I think that Naby Keita, again, uh, I know he came off after, uh, I think, 64 minutes. Um, that's the second goal in, in, you know, quick order in a Liverpool shirt. And again, although his minutes need to be managed, I think he will be around Melwood thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to grow. I'm starting to find my feet as a Liverpool player. Many people have questioned him, uh, but I think, and I actually heard somebody the other day on a, on a different Liverpool forum say, he hasn't got the ability to play for Liverpool Football Club. I completely and utterly counter that. He does. He's just been very unlucky with injuries, hasn't been able to get the required minutes in his legs. In terms of a masterstroke of management, Jurgen Klopp did the business at Mike's, goes to Dortmund, hones his skills, comes to Liverpool as the finished article. Versus Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, goes to Cardiff, it doesn't work, manages in a tier, tier three league in Mulder, probably wouldn't be in the top 20 candidates for the Manchester United job if he wasn't a Manchester United playing legend. Is that the masterstroke versus The Apprentice is that The Apprentice tried to put a team out today that with the front three, the likes of Ronaldo, for example, 35, 36 years of age, they tried to go hunting against Canate and Virgil van Dijk. They couldn't do it. So Liverpool, all of a sudden, instead of playing a Manchester United that over the last certainly couple of seasons have been a better counter-attacking team than they have going hunting like Liverpool at their best, like Spurs even at their best under Poch, Manchester City at their best. They said, right, today's the day. This is the big rivalry with Liverpool. Let's go and put Van Dijk and Canate under pressure and let's swamp them. Let's get the fans behind us. They were picked off like a Sunday morning team. Picked off. And at times I'm looking at it just purely objectively from a pundit saying, why on earth are Manchester United going hunting when they haven't even got their most mobile players in their attacking unit to be able to do that? So there's the mistake from the apprentice. There's the mistake from the rookie manager that hasn't done it at um, Premier League or Champions League level, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The masterstroke is Jurgen Klopp. Now, Matip is fit on the bench. Joe Gomez is fit. So what does Jurgen Klopp do? He says, I'm going to put Virgil van Dijk, our main man, against a, a new... I think Karate's played, what, three games in total for Liverpool. Gamble, risk, or is it? If it works, if you keep a clean sheet, and if you hammer them, all things that Liverpool did, if you're Karate, you're in that dressing room and you say, I've played against Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the world's great goal scorers." And I've kept a clean sheet. I've had 90 minutes of guidance from the world's best central defender or one of them. Um, I grew in the game. I took the ball off Ronaldo's toes two or three times. And I've done it at Old Trafford. That, for me, quite simply, was Jurgen Klopp saying to his technical staff in the, in the last couple of days, Shall we, shall we risk him? Is there, a, is there a calculated risk? Or shall we go with Joe or shall we go with Matty? And the technical staff sit around comfortable with their own abilities and they say, let's, let's do it. If this works for us, we've got a young player that's coming to the club 
that's only going to have really positive affirmations of a positive result at Old Trafford against Manchester United, and that will serve him and the club well moving forward. Bingo. Job done. Um, Liverpool now have a new central defender amongst three others that have played more games for him in Liverpool shirts that only has a positive experience of Old Trafford, a winning experience of Old Trafford, and he'll go back to training with Liverpool thinking, this is the bar that I've set and go on to be the world-class central defender that many think he perhaps will be in years to come. A quite outstanding, um, coherent, cohesive, uh, back-to-front performance versus a disjointed, cobbled together. Um, look, Manchester United, for me, have the deepest squad in the Premier League and arguably the second most talented squad in the Premier League. But long may Ole Gunnar Solskjaer be in charge of them because he does not have a Scooby-Doo how to use them. Jurgen Klopp has slightly less in, in terms of flexibility in depth of squad, but he has honed a team of character, desire, technical ability, flair, that is as good a Liverpool team as Liverpool Football Club have ever put out on the pitch. The end. I mean, I'm just going to, because there's, there's so so much to sort of pick from that game, uh, but sort of going back to um, what you were saying about sort of Canate's performance, I mean, I, I'm, I remember sort of putting out the team sheet and thinking, oh, this is a, this is a bit of a gamble here. From and we all know, we can all sing about sort of Canate's ability from his time at Leipzig. Clearly a good enough centre-half, otherwise Liverpool wouldn't have gone anywhere near him. But, I mean, to throw him on at Old Trafford is one hell of a risk in and of itself, despite his quality. And, and after that performance, where does that leave him in the pecking order? Is, is, I mean, does, is it just business as usual? Matter goes straight into the side? Or having seen that, would you sort of go, OK, actually, you know, we may need to sort of seriously consider giving Canati more regular minutes alongside Van Dijk at this stage? I, I think that, that with risk comes great reward if it comes off. It's only a risk... If you're a Manchester United team that has played much of the last two or three seasons on the counter-attack, and then today, against one of the great teams that will pass through you with lots of pace, decide to go hunting for them, that's, that's a great risk. Throwing in a, a young central defender at Old Trafford, people have got, crikey, that's as bold as you like. It's not. Liverpool have been dishing out hammerings in every single game. So he will have... He will have looked at, Jürgen would have, the technical staff would have looked at him in training and they've said, what's his level like now in training? Boss, it's fantastic. He's doing everything that's required of him. He's champing at the bit to play. OK, let's play him in a Premier League game. It doesn't matter whether it's Watford. It doesn't matter whether it's Leicester. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, Manchester United. For many fans, they think that would have been a massive big deal today. But Liverpool are playing with such confidence. They're averaging three goals a game. So if you're averaging three goals a game, let's say Liverpool would have won 2-1 today and Canate would have put in a 7 or 8 out of 10 performance. Jürgen could have come away with all of the raw data and said, he's not quite ready yet. Let's put Joel back in and let's give Canate more and more games, maybe another month or a six weeks or eight weeks, and then revisit the situation. But he didn't. And this is where really good clubs that do lots of uh, open, transparent, honest thinking within the club, 
they're managing players day in day out. They're getting a feeling for how they how they feel, what their what their um, running data is, what their capacity is, how they're getting on with the other players, how they're training with the group. And today, I think if that would have been Watford away today, um, I think that Canate still would have played or Leicester, or Aston Villa. It wouldn't have made any any difference. I don't think this was Jürgen turning round and saying, here you go, kid, we're going to throw you in the, the deep end at Old Trafford. Um, but the, the, there's always a slight risk because it's Manchester United. It's a big derby. So that risk can either spectacularly fail. I don't think that was going to happen today. I think that Liverpool would have always been competitive on the pitch. I don't think, for example, Man United would have won the game Two or three nil. Um, so there's always risk. He's looked at that risk with Canate and said, I'm just going to put him in and see how he develops in the game. And it spectacularly paid him back. But to answer your question about what this means now, business as usual, it's Virgil van Dijk plus one other. The future of Liverpool Football Club in terms of its central defenders may well be for the next three or three seasons for sure. Virgil van Dijk, um, and you will see. Matip, Canate and Joe Gomez all play roles. But if you're looking medium to long term, Joe Matip and Virgil van Dijk are exceptional characters to be able to help the young, the two youngsters, Joe Gomez and, and Canate on. We're all assuming that it'll be Canate and Joe Gomez in three or four years' time. That may well be the case. That's the perfect scenario. Two really senior central players help their, um, the youngsters on Virgil retires or moves on. Matic does likewise. Hey, what a fantastic um, con- continuation of Liverpool central defenders. It may not be. Liverpool may need to buy another Virgil van Dijk at a world record price for defender in three or four years' time with Canate or with uh, Joe Gomez still on the staff. But for now, the, clear- the clarity of thinking is Liverpool now have four central defenders that all can come in the team and significantly add to the team. Hey, Presto, really well thought out management. Well done, Jürgen. Um, And just to sort of um, move on to another player who drew praise uh, during that demolition of Manchester United, uh, speaking specifically about uh, Naby Keita, who sadly stretched it off after that um, studs-up challenge from Paul Pogba. I mean, he came, I'm not sure if you, uh, former Liverpool player Didier Man uh, came out with some rather controversial comments following um, Liverpool's victory at the Wanda Metropolitano against Atletico Madrid. Um, he described Kite as not being, um, paraphrasing here, but not good enough to be a Liverpool player. I mean, I mean obviously, we've sort of seen his performance against United. And I think personally, that's quite harsh in light of his generally his performances this season. But I mean, what do you make of that? I mean, is that an overreaction? Uh, yeah, I have every respect for Didi, a fine midfielder for his national team and for Liverpool, but I completely disagree with him on the analysis of Naby Keita. I think that Naby Keita, it's, it's one of those strange transfers where when you know somebody's coming a year before they arrive, everybody gets very giddy and builds somebody up into being the next Steven Gerrard or the next, uh, you know, Scholes Lampard, depending on the club. So Liverpool, of course, did their business with Keita very, very well, but had to wait for him. So when he gets to the club, there's a massive over-expectation of him as a player. And look, not every single player settles at a club quickly. Does he have the raw ingredients to be a Liverpool midfielder? 100%. He is technically adept. 
Um, if you look at what he brought in from Germany, he did burst beyond the lines and had ability to be able to get into the opponent's half with no little skill, no no little mobility. Mobility is going to be very important for Liverpool in seasons to come because they're going to be losing Jordan Henderson and they're more than likely going to be uh, losing Millie in, 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 the, in the years to come. You know, Harvey, Harvey Ellis is obviously going to be important. Curtis Jones is going to be important. But I, I look at Naby Keita and I look at somebody that's had a stop-start career at Liverpool because he hasn't been able to get enough minutes on the pitch to be able to ingratiate himself properly into the team. There have been punctuations. And some of those punctuations haven't just been injuries. They've been poor form. But when you have a poor form as a midfielder and then somebody comes in and takes your place for six or seven games and you're starting from scratch, that can affect you. Some players are very different. They can come in, bang. I've been out for six games. My levels of performance are very high. I think with Naby, he's been had to, had to be babysat into a position of, of, of competitiveness in Liverpool, at Liverpool. But you can't honestly tell me that he didn't contribute to the team against Manchester United, nor in the Champions League game, nor in the season that he's had so far. In a season where Liverpool have broke records with the players in front of them, and Liverpool as a unit, you know, you're only as good as, you, as your worst player. And if your worst player is contributing towards 5-0 wins against Manchester United at Old Trafford the first time since 1925, that's not a bad worst player to have. So I completely disagree with Diddy. I have all the respect and love in the world for him, as I do with many ex-Reds. But I think that Naby's been a slow burner and he hasn't been hit the ground running Two years down the line, he is touching the great heights, but he's contributing to the team on the pitch. And if he wasn't one of the most ruthless managers in the world football in terms of Jurgen Klopp, don't be fooled by the smile. He wouldn't have anybody in the team that he doesn't feel can do the job. Naby Keita would be out. Jurgen's given him minutes, but those minutes need to be managed. Uh, speaking again on, on Keita, um, obviously he wasn't the only injury, sadly, in that game. Uh, Milner went off as well. Had to, yeah, uh, had the medical team come on. Uh, less, less of a severe injury, uh, we'd imagine. Um, and obviously there was uh, Fabinho uh, right before the match with a knee injury, which again we hope will be minor. But that's three Liverpool midfielders now yeah. out of action um, for a varying amount of time. Is this a serious concern for you as we head into January? You know, is this are we going to need to bring in someone, or is this sort of an issue that you see sort of fading away? Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, when I mentioned about Manchester United, uh, poor that they were, um, one of the issues they don't have is, is huge squad depth. Manchester City have huge squad depth. Chelsea now have much more depth than they did, initially with the Frank Lampard, £200 million spend, and then Thomas Tuchel. Um, Liverpool, the reality is out of the group, if you're looking squad numbers and depth with their main rivals this season. The only thing that can hamper Liverpool is that squad depth. And Romelu Lukaku is out for, for Chelsea, a big player for them. Manchester City have had players out this season, um, you know, big players for them. Plus they lost people like Sergio Aguero, of course, who went elsewhere. Is that you have to you have to deal with it. Um, Curtis Jones, I thought, came on and looked very sharp and very lively today. It might be that he gets a run of games um, is he um, Kevin De Bruyne class right now? No, but I don't think anybody's expecting an academy graduate in his early stage career is expecting those kind of 
numbers. But what you are expecting is a degree of um, stability. And I think that Curtis Jones can come in and add that. I think that the other thing as well, when you're looking at losing midfielders, as long as you can put a requisite three out, and I think that Liverpool will always be able to find three midfielders um, that can compete in that area, is let's not forget the back five are world-class and the front three are the best three in the world. So when you're looking at saying we might not have our first, but we might not even have our second choice in midfield uh, today, chaps, the back five and the front three are going to paper over a lot of cracks, um, really. So um, I, I am concerned. I think that if, if Liverpool had Manchester City squad depth, Manchester United's um, squad talent, you know, I mean, talent means only a part of the, of the story. You have to hone it into a team. But I don't think anybody's really disputing that Manchester United have a talented squad of numbers, is that then I would be much more confident but I'm sure that Jürgen and the technical staff will look at potential for January. And if they're short in any area, it's the discussion that we had the other way about forwards, um, you know, Dembele and, and one or two others. January is a time when you just fix and plug little gaps. It's not the time to be um, team building. So that will come in, uh, in, the, in the summer transfer window. My hope is that Liverpool just aren't unlucky this season with a raft of injuries that would uh, impact any any team or any squad. Hopefully, the medical staff will be able to get everybody back on their feet very quickly. Absolutely, and we certainly wish them a speedy recovery. Um, and just to go back to... Because obviously you made the points about Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United. Uh, Liverpool have one of the most, probably the best functioning units of, 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 as a forward line goes in the Premier League, uh, arguably across Europe as well. Um, but we've seen recently uh, Chelsea go out and demolish Norwich 7-0 without uh, a fit and firing Romelu Lukaku. I mean, is this just a blip? You know, are we should we solely look at the quality of Norwich or should we be concerned that aside with the obvious quality that Chelsea have, are still managing to get the goals without a fully functioning forward line as Liverpool possess? Um, it's quite simple. Go back over, and I invite anybody um, watching this video that's a Liverpool fan or a fan of anybody else, go and find the statistics in every Premier League season and in every modern English top flight season and find me a season where the statistic that Chelsea fans would throw at me at the minute is every one of our outfield players has scored a goal this season where that would continue over 38 games. If you've got Mane, Salah, Firmino and Jota fit versus 10 outfield Chelsea players scoring goals, um, but perhaps losing their top man, Romelu Lukaku, for chunks of the season, um, Werner and Havertz maybe... Um, missing for a game or two or being out of form. Give me proven strikers with proven track records, season in, season out, rather than what is an anomaly at the beginning of a season. Chelsea's 10 outfield players will not continue that goal-scoring run for 38 games. Why? Because it's never, ever happened in English football or Italian football or Spanish football history ever. That's, where, that's why we have strikers. That's why they cost £100 million. Nobody's expecting Cesar Spiliqueta or uh, Trevor Chalobah or um, um, N'Golo Kante to be waning with eight, 
10, 12, 15 goals a season, you may get an anomaly where a central defender weighs in with eight or nine. But I wouldn't worry too much about Chelsea continuing this goal-scoring run, um, which keeps pace with Liverpool's goal scorers at the moment. Ain't going to happen, folks. And uh, just to go back to the United game, um, so Alex Ferguson looked incredibly disappointed in the stands, as I imagine many United fans uh, will be at home and certainly at Old Trafford. Where does a result of this magnitude leave Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? You know, is this grounds for an immediate sacking or will he be given more time? I think that there's a, there's a, there's a, a clash of football civilizations. Higher and fire, Chelsea, Watford versus give people time to put a structure in place. I like to give people an idea and put structures in place, but Ole Gunnar Solskjaer hasn't been there for six months. He's been there for a considerable amount of time now. And I know in the last 12 months that Manchester, it's up finally Manchester United have walked into the 21st century and trying to put the pieces in the place behind the scenes, director of football, head of recruitment, you name it. Um, and so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was an argument. He should benefit from that system bearing fruit. But I ask Manchester United fans one question and one question alone. If Ole Gunnar Solskjaer hadn't scored that goal in the camp now um, and achieved what he did for Manchester United Football Club as a player, would he be in the top 25 candidates with his CV, Cardiff City and Mulder, to have the head coach's job? The answer is clear. The answer is no. Thanks ever so much to Stan and Farrell Keeling there. Uh, We're going to be back later on in the week where we'll be discussing the aftermath of the Preston game and also we'll be looking forward to the Brighton match. So stay tuned for that and we'll see you next time.